Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive health supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. This is a global original podcast. Hi Mel, that's JK, and this is the Don't Tell Your Mum podcast. Coming up on this week's episode, we've got another round of unpopular opinions, plus... Incredibly, incredibly exciting. We're going to be speaking to Dr. Zand and Dr. Chris from Operation Ouch. Goodness gracious me. I'm slightly exciting. starstruck, if I'm honest. Uh, they were on them, they were at the time of recording this, they were on the BBC Good Morning show with Gethin Jones um, today when I was waiting in the waiting room. My car's been done. And they were, he, one of them was on chatting about um, oh, COVID or whatever it is. But even then, I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, they're on, they're on the podcast. <laughs> They're so, so good. So stay tuned for that interview coming up later on. But consequently, JK does not have any new tech. Shh, you can tell him, Mum. <laughs> <laughs> All that and more coming up on this week's episode of the Don't Tell Your Mum podcast. Oh, you, this is the worst thing. You literally, we've started recording as my wife has just come up to my son's bedroom, which is where I record this podcast because my wife has now taken over my studio in the garden. And she's brought me up a lovely bagel, which is piping hot with peanut butter on. I can't eat it. Thanks, mate. Okay, well, the reason... Yeah, but I said, oh, let's crack on because I want to say this and I think it's worth saying it on the podcast. Okay. okay? I'm, I'm going to throw it out there. First, well, actually, first of all, kudos because that is Charlie earning some wife points there because bringing up a bagel. Love that. But more importantly, bagels are the most underrated food in the UK. Okay, I, I love a bagel. I do genuinely love a bagel, but they're a bit sort of... Look, I love sweet. You know me, I'm a massive sweet tooth. So I'm, I'm more sweet than I am savoury. And But I just... They can't They can't be as good for you as, a you know, some nice granary bread. And that's no, what always I'm, sticks in my no, mind. No, but okay, granary bread is not as good for you as an apple. Like, we can all play that game. <laughs> but what, I, what the point is, is that bagels are absolutely bloody sensational <sighs> and... They're just not readily available. Like, where, like, where is where's the massive bagel sandwich chain in this country? There is. We one. need that. <clears throat> there's no, one. There's in, yeah, there's one. In, I'm sure there's one in London, isn't there? You, there are the odd bagel shops. Yeah. Okay. Right. And and they they probably do really well. Oh, but I'm, I'm in fact, there's one. We're we're just about to move offices, and there's one in the town. Oh, I can't know. I'm gonna I'm gonna put on like thirty stone coming to the that's office. That's why I moved. That's why we're moving. Yeah. <laughs> now I wonder why you were pushing for the office change, which is in a different. Yeah, it's in a different city as well. Can I just point yeah. out? It's like miles away from where the current office is. It's and a three hour commute. Three, it's a three hour commute to get a decent bagel every Thursday. <laughs> Jen's like, Al, this just isn't making any sense. What's going on? Uh, Everything's 
going to go up. <laughs> Commuting money's going to go up. I mean, you know, I'm not going to be able to feed my kids. But what? But what? What do you? What do you get out of this? Why are you doing it? Bagels, love. Bagels. Bagels. <laughs> bagels. They are though. Like in America, everyone has a bagel. There's yeah. bagel stands. Bagels all over the place. And I just, I just feel that we are really missing a trick. I tell you what, we're also missing mm. square bagels. No. Huh? Okay, so I always find it a little annoying toasting bagels because they're round in a square toaster. So I think if someone could just invent a square bagel, so it would be exactly the same, but hole in the middle, but it would just be square, they'd fit in the toaster a bit nicer, they'd also be slightly bigger, and you could call them squaggles. (laughs) (laughs) There's a moneymaker there. Right. Sorry, eating bagel. Right, the things about bagels that annoy me, why do they need, they need the hole? You don't need the hole. It's a pain in the backside. You do need the hole. No, you don't. It's like saying that... No, of course no okay, what, does, what like does the hole do? What does the hole do in a bagel? Stick your finger in it. No. Yeah, but what do you mean <laughs> stick your finger in it? So if you stick your finger... I'll do it now, look. If you stick your finger in it, it rests on your middle finger. Look, I'm, look but this, this, that's like saying, okay, why is there a hole in hula hoops? Why is there a hole in party rings? No, hula hoops, you can put them on your fingers and eat them individually. That's fine with hula hoops. But a bagel, no, because it's a pain in the ass to butter it. And then if, like me, if you do an Elvis, my favourite thing on a bagel is peanut butter and strawberry jam. Uh, you know, oh wow, oh yeah, peanut butter I, and jello. Yeah, I do. Uh, yeah, I do like to <laughs> sit on the toilet and eat that, like Elvis did. Um, so, but it goes <laughs> everywhere. Joking. You don't need the hole in the bagel. You don't. And if you square it, that's absolutely. I'm fine with that. But just don't put a square hole in it either. Don't do that. No, just 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 keep it normal. Mm, I don't know. I think that the, do you know what? There probably is a reason. In fact, let me just quickly Google it. Uh, why are there? Whilst you're doing that, I'm going to take another bite of the bagel. Thing. In bagels. Uh, ever wondered why bagels have a hole in the middle? The basic shape is hundreds of years old and serves a lot of practical advantages besides an even cooking and baking of the dough. The hole also allowed them to be threaded or piled high on a dowel, which made them easier to transport and display. So if we're opening that bagel shop, that's why. Yeah, but I don't care. I'm a consumer. I don't care about the storage of a bagel. I just want the practicality of eating it and the butter not going everywhere in the middle with the jam and the peanut butter. Buttering is it? Buttering it is a challenge, and and there's nothing worse than having to earn your food. <laughs> like, like there's nothing worse. Like sometimes I think, oh. Oh, I just can't be bothered. I just I just won't eat it. Mate, you wouldn't you wouldn't have been I mean, good I in, never in, in the caveman days, I would never you? Think that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. Babe, you're going to go and get some food today. We need you're going to go and kill a deer or something. Oh, do you know what, babe? I can't. I don't. I don't. I'm not one of those kind of people that works for my food. No, not really. <laughs> I'll just wait till some other caveman, you know, gets one and I'll beat them up for it. <laughs> so, yeah. no. I think. I think maybe I need to think a little bit more like that. That's probably my problem. Yeah, that's what you need to do. <laughs> <laughs> right. Enough bagel chat. Um, so uh, we're going to do um, popular parenting. No, unpopular parenting opinions first. Yes, unparenting popular opinions coming up next. But, but stay tuned because we've got Doctor Zan, Doctor Chris coming up later on. And my goodness, it is an incredible interview. Those guys are fantastic. <laughs> Welcome back to the Don't Tell Your Mum podcast. Um, so then, uh, we are now talking about unpopular parenting opinions. Is that right? Yes. 
Because did you say it wrong or did I say it wrong earlier? Anyway, look, that's what it is. Um, and you've been getting in contact with us uh, via the Dad's Net, via email, and uh, on the website. So, uh, and also, of course, the Facebook page as well. So, what is today's first unpopular parenting opinion? Okay, this is the first one. It's quite an interesting one, I think, um, because a lot of parents probably worry and stress about this. In fact, I know for a fact it is the root cause of a lot of stress in a lot of households. Okay. It's from a guy called Pete, and his unpopular opinion is that homework isn't as important as playing out with friends after school and learning social skills. Ooh. Okay. Mm. Mm, See, I'm a practical sort of person. I much preferred... PE, you know, that sort of stuff than I did English, maths, blah, blah, blah. So I I would agree. Uh, to, a, to a certain age, at a certain point, I think they should be going out, you know, learning via play. Um, yeah, no, I agree. Also socialising, socialising skills, very important. Finding out where they are in the picking order. Picking order? Pecking mm. order, that's what I meant. Pecking order. So I, I how- would agree. So would you, would you, when Noah comes home with homework, are you quite happy to say to him, nah, don't worry about it, just go out? Yeah, I could say that to him, but then Charlie would be in the background, um, you know, with <laughs> with a baseball bat. <laughs> so, um, yeah. And those eyes, which we know all wives yeah. have. But that's the good thing about us. We're a really good team because she definitely is more practical. She's, God, she's so much more clever than I am. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm Mr. Thicky. She's, she's the brains, you know, she went to university. She's got degrees coming out of every orifice. Whereas I didn't go to university and I work on the radio. So, you know, that's the the kind of thing. But I genuinely believe that most of where, where I've got to right now is because of the way I was, I was brought up on a farm. I was brought up mainly by my granddad and I, and my practicality, like my DIY skills. And, you know, I hate, I always hate this phrase. I'm going to say it, but life skills, I think those, I think those are extremely important. I really, really do. And that's what I think. Better than doing your times tables. You know, I've got, if I have three sheep and there's another, and there's three cows over there, how many animals have I got? I don't care. I've got a lot of them. I've got to feed them. It doesn't matter. Yeah. So how would you, so how do you go? I mean, I, I think I know the answer to this personally, but if, if we believe that, uh, why do so many of us buy into the, what is quite clearly an out of date and unfit education system? Well, you only have to look at education systems around the world, which we, we always don't, we always say like, I want to send, why don't we go and live in Sweden? Because they have a different educational policy where you don't start school until you, what is it, seven years old or something like that. And they believe in, in play and socializing, as I mentioned earlier. So I, I, I totally, I, I am totally for that, totally for that. And I couldn't imagine a better playground than Sweden, wherever it is, Switzerland to, you know, to bring your kids up. No, I'm I'm with that. I really am with that. Yeah, but you don't do it. No, I don't do it. You're right because I live um, in southeast London. <laughs> <laughs> this is what I mean. This is what I mean. Like, or you know, on any, on any level, and I'm the same. I'm not. You know, I'm not saying this about you in particular. In fact, with Pete, my challenge to you, Pete, who's saying your unpopular opinion is that homework's outdated and kids should be outside playing more, much more. Do your kids do that or do you make them do the homework? Okay. Well, well, here's another thing though, right? So I have, I have to live 
close to London. I have to because my job is in London and my job isn't a job where I can work from home. I have to go into a studio because I have a co-host I work with. I I work with Kelly Brook. We've got to be both in the same studio. You know, we know what it's like for us. Yes, we do this over, you know, FaceTime, but it's much better if we are together because you can pick up on things and, you know, that sort of stuff. So I have to live near London. If I didn't have to live near London and I had a different job, I I wouldn't be here. I'd be in, I'd be in Norfolk. I'd be literally by the seaside and I would, I would do what we are talking about right now. I would make sure my kids are out more. I would make sure that they're. So, so what we're saying is that life at the moment is getting in the way of how we really want to educate and raise our children. 100% from me. 100%. Yeah. But you though, you could live anywhere you want. Technically you could. Well, yeah, I mean, that's the, yes, yes, it's, this is, oh, we're getting deep here. No, no, but that's the whole point of a podcast. You know, we can, we can laugh around, but we can also get deep. And that's what, that's what, so I I look around at certain people and go, you don't have to live where you are because you're now working from home or whatever you're doing. Man, I would be by the seaside straight away. I literally would be there. I'd I'd sell up here and I would go, but then there's school education. There's all that sort of stuff. Friends. Yeah. It's, it's so the thing is, is that we've created this society that none of us, we're all part of and we all pedal on the, you know, we're all pedaling around to make it, make it happen. And yet none of us really like it. None of us really value it. We, we, we it's not our preferred way of doing it yet. We're on the treadmill and we can't get off. Like that feels like that. I mean, this one subject about homework seems to be the, you know, one example of that situation that we are all, a lot of us really feel that we're in now. But you could be anywhere in the world. You could. And also you're, you have a very sort of free policy over schooling and stuff, don't you? You would, you like us now would probably quite happily take your kids out of school and homeschool them if you wanted to, you know? So that's what I did. So what for, for you and for Jen, what is the reason that you stay where you are. I know that you're a blended family. I understand that as well. Yeah. And that's probably got a lot to do with it. But why do you not move, you know, f- further into the Kent coast? I think it's probably, I think it probably is fear. I think that's the thing. You, 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 you're so, I think I, I think we live in a culture where there's a, it's a blame culture. We're always, everybody is always looking to blame someone for something going wrong or not going right. When the reality is there is no right answer in almost everything. There's not a right answer. Should the, you know, when we're thinking about choosing schools for our kids, should they go there? Should they go there? Nah, they'll probably do all right there. They'll probably do all right there. They're probably bad things about that one. Probably bad things about that one. So the, the thing is, is that like we, we, so, but because we don't want to get blamed, not, I'm not talking about like, in, like individually as a general thing, because, you know, so you're, you're constantly thinking, okay, if I move to the Kent coast or wherever, is that going to mean that Ted's education is going to be better or worse? If it's worse, I don't want, not that we'll know, you'll never know whether it's worse. It could be a lot better, just bad. It could be better still. But I don't want to ever, we're always so conscious of being in a situation where we don't want to be like, oh, if I hadn't moved there, maybe this would have been better. Like we, we, we hate that feeling as a society. So I think that's what it comes down to. It comes down to kind of fear of not wanting to be wrong. So we'll just stay where we are. We'll stay safe. We'll just deal with what we... Do you know what I mean? That's probably where I'm at. I think I'm the opposite. I'm I'm much happier to go and do it. 
I'm literally, I'm a, I'm a doer, you know, not a talker. I would go with it. And then, you know, if it goes wrong, then we have to work out what we have to do there and then. But if it's, what about if it doesn't? What about if it's the best thing that you've ever done in the world? Yeah. And you're missing out on it. And you're missing that's, out. I think that all the time. You know, it could be the best thing we ever do. Exactly. I, I think there's, if, if I had my way, I would, I would, and we, and I, and I had a different, a different job where I could work from home. I would be straight away because I'm because we live near London anyway. So whenever we wherever we go next, the property is going to be cheaper. So I would definitely go and live by the coast. And if we have to homeschool, because who knows what's going to happen in the future with this country, this world at the moment, then I'm happy to stay there, homeschool. Yeah, live my best life. But then I'm I'm at a point that, that the other thing you have to think about, and there are probably people screaming right now whilst listening to us on their phones or whatever, saying, yes, but it's all right for you because you're 46 years old. What about your kids? You know, what about if they do want to go into London and socialise and stuff like that? Well, yeah, there is that element as well. But how do you, who knows how we will socialise in the next 10, 15 years? You know, it's always we'll a what be if. in the metaverse anyway. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> But good chat. Shit where we are. Let's park it because we, we can keep going here. But that is a very, very, very popular, unpopular parenting opinion. Mm, Great question. A tough one. Well, there you go, Pete. You've sparked quite a deep discussion. So thanks for that. Um, there is one. Do you know what? I'm not even going to do another one because that's quite deep. We're going to leave it there. Um, but if you want to get in touch and share one of your unpopular opinions with us about parenting, more or less, then please do that. You can email us dad at dadsnet.com. You can get in touch on social media with dadsnet at the dadsnet. You can get in touch with JK at JK Jason King or dadsnet.com and send us a message. We'd love to hear from you with your unpopular opinions and even if you just want to say hi. And if you want to, um, you know, add some money to our communal pot where we're all going to live in the countryside in Kent, if you want to come and join us, um, you know, we can all live together in this like little cult. I think that's a, it's a few, a dad's net cult. Where what's, what's funny is that I messaged you saying exactly that about 45 minutes ago, just saying I'm fed up. Let's just run off together. Let's run away. Come on. Just me and you and the dogs. Yeah. And you've just invited everyone else, Jay. Sorry. Sorry. That's ah, what, oh, you, a problem. You know me. I love a big party. <laughs> just, Jesus, don't, just don't talk to me in the morning keys. after. Okay. Uh, is it guest time? It is, yes. Okay, stay tuned, because coming up next, we are talking to Dr. Zand and Dr. Chris from the incredible show, Operation Ouch. So thanks very much um, to Dr. Zand and Dr. Chris for joining us on the Don't Tell Your Mum podcast. I'm super excited to have you guys with us. Thank you. Thank you. We're very excited to be Lovely here. Lovely to be here. It's, um, I was just saying to you guys, obviously, just a moment ago, that I, in our household, you guys are a big thing. We've watched a lot of episodes of Operation Out a lot of times. I always loved, I love to hear it when kids are watching lots of Operation Out, because, because, because we put so much effort into making the show, not just us, but I mean, CBBC is an extraordinary machine. The production company is incredible. And so we try and say that every single episode, if you were like a professor of medicine, you would learn more than one thing. And I think that's usually true. Do you notice we try and put in little things that on a second watching or a third, probably not the 10th watching, but you would, there's still, you'll, Easter eggs. Re- you'll find little new, are they called Easter eggs? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know they were called that. <laughs> so little th- little jokes that are in the background or stuff like that. Do you, do you, does that does that stimulate you? We we're, we're kind of doing it for the poor old grown ups who are having to sit through it all ten times. 
Yes, it does. We so on the learning level, you're absolutely right. There is so many things that kids take from each episode, but also adults. Like it's not, you know, there's things I learn all the time. Um, and then yes, those kind of small nuances or you know, little facial expressions, I guess, and lots there, you know, there are lots of different things that we kind of, I guess, on a second watching, third, fourth, fifth watching, you do pick up on. Um, but we'd hope we'd hope it's 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 um maybe subversive isn't quite the right word, but the, the show has an agenda to change the way that children think about their health and about the health of the people around them. Not just like public health as in like eat your greens. We don't do very much eat your greens, but we do a lot of like if you get ill or someone else gets ill and they and they will get ill eventually, there are loads of people to look after them and here's what's gonna happen. So that you know, the nicest comments we get about the show are that the kids who get ill and go to A and E are are more relaxed patients and they're better patients than the kids who are, you know, unfamiliar with the whole world. Yeah. And that's huge. I mean, we've um, to liken that to something that we do in our house is um, there's always been that thing where, where your child's in trouble and they're like, Oh, I might phone the police as if it's a really bad thing. And then what you end up doing is, creating this quite negative view of the police, which we've tried to be like, no, 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 policemen are good. They want to help. Um, and it's the same thing. Like hospital can be scary for whatever reason. I love this. So, hold on. Is this ironic? Cause my daughter's become obsessed with jail and we, I don't know. She does mm. pictures of jail. She's obsessed with like being arrested and being sent to jail. And she's four. And I don't know where it's all coming from, but she's, she's got a very simplistic view of, uh, justice and the problem, the deep structural problems in society. And I try and go, well, that many of the people in jail wouldn't be there if we had a fairer. Anyway, she doesn't get any of this. She just thinks that bad people should go to jail. It's a nice view, actually. I'd like to have that headspace. <laughs> <laughs> but you have, you, you know, you say about the mission of Operation Ouch and certainly our experience is that, that it has kind of made hospital this really accessible place that isn't scary and you are going to get looked after. That's, I mean, that's really good. I, I mean, I certainly think parenting is maybe the, the first time for a lot of people where they, they suddenly go, Ooh, I'm, I'm now responsible. I meant to know what I'm doing. And I, you know, as a fully qualified doctor arrived at A&E with my son who had crew and I've been doing everything wrong. And the nurse was like, you know, you could have killed him. And I was like, oh no, this is good. So it's quite terrifying. So I sort of hope that the parents watching it also feel a little bit more relaxed into it and like, okay, this stuff is accessible. We could go and ask for help if we needed it. There's, there's a little bit of trying to nudge the grown-ups to do that as well. Yeah. Well, I mean, and it is there. And, um, you know, it is testament to the show that, I'm quite happy to sit through episode after episode after episode. Oh, that's so nice to hear. <laughs> so, okay, so you're 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 in in the theatre. So, tell us about um, what's happening in the next coming weeks and months. So, we've got a show in the West End. The first live shows we did were in Australia, and um, a theatre company from Oz sort of flew to England and said they wanted to meet us and said would we like to perform? And we sort of went like, oh, like in school halls and things. And they said, no, we've booked the Sydney Opera House. <laughs> and we had no idea the show was, I don't think we even knew the show was on in Australia. And so we flew out to, to um, Oz and performed in these really big, like literally performed at the Sydney Opera House. And um, 
So we brought that tour to the West End a couple of years ago. COVID has disrupted it, but we've had a chance to write a new show. And I guess the really nice sort of added layer to the show that we've been working on now is that um, we, we always enjoyed magic and illusions. And I think if you're a doctor, there's a real overlap between being a surgeon and the old trick of cutting a person in half on stage. And so we had a chat with a couple of magicians um, and said, could we chop Chris in half on stage and like, but do some anatomy with it? Like do it as a medical thing. Why not? <laughs> and, and they, they literally went, why not? Amazingly, they're also identical twins. They're called the FX twins. They're absolutely amazing. So we, um, the, the, the show builds towards uh, what, I, what I think will be a rather nice uh, bit of surgery where Chris's abdomen is, chopped out but the core the core of the show what we've noticed with our friends family and lo- lots of people speaking to kids all over the country is anxiety is <clears throat> a growing problem in society in general even for ki- kids of the out age of sort of six to twelve um, and covid has exacerbated that and so at the core of a show where we go on a quest looking for the golden poo uh, and cut me in half uh, at the core of it is trying to help children understand where their emotions come from and how to control them a bit better. And that, that's the sort of lesson. And we hope that grown-ups will also learn some tricks mm. and tools that they can, they can use to cope with an increasingly uncertain and uh, anxious making world. Yeah. I mean, I, I think that it's, it's, I was talking to a friend actually very recently about kids TV and how, it's so it's uh, from my point of view, you know, I'm 33, but it's gone really downhill not, uh, generally, not specifically with you guys. You're the refreshing part to it. You and a couple of other shows that add real meaning to what children are consuming, I think is so important and is missed on so many levels. Um, when I think of, of the shows that sometimes Ted sits in front of, I'm not ashamed to say it. <laughs> So we, one of the things that I, do you think, oh, sorry, one of the things that I study as an academic is how um, profit harms people physically. And we see this with tobacco. We see it with infant nutrition. We see it in lots of different areas. We see it in, in pharma. If anyone's watching the Disney show, dope sick. Um, And I think in tech, it's especially true that the incentives when you make a new tech product, whether it's an app or a game or a, or a TV show, are to keep the eyeball on the screen and to sell stuff. Either it's to sell the merch around it or to explicitly sell products. And I think the, the amazing thing about the BBC, which we should be working so hard to preserve, is we don't have, not only do we not have that agenda, we are unable to have the agenda mm. of making money. So Ouch is not fundamentally, the purpose of Ouch is not to make money. I mean, it's nice we get paid, but um, it, it, it has the agenda of improving the lives of children. It's inform, educate, and entertain the, the BBC values. So um, that that is a unique thing of the BBC that I hope anyone yeah, listening would, I agree. would support. I th- yeah, I, th- I think I think we often say that we couldn't make the show on another channel because necessarily if you're talking about health you want to kind of include everyone and including everyone is just quite expensive and complicated and difficult and yeah you know it's not a great way of making money always <laughs> <laughs> very true okay so okay so operation ouch live in the west end if people want to go and see that or get some tickets they can just google operation ouch west operation end. ouch live I think operation it, ouch yeah, live. It's, com. It's, it's straightforward it is it, operation ouch live on stage.com i think isn't it no, no mate, it's no, not sorry no, Chris, it's sorry operation. sorry 
It's operationoutslive.com. All right. They'll find anyway, it. They'll find it. We'll, we'll, we'll put a link in the provider of your choice. Um, okay. So two questions just to kind of, um, of that have been on my mind. One actually came from my wife who you met earlier. So you know what I'm up against. Um, her question was, and she won't watch Operation Out because she watched some of it, but then she always has to leave the room for the squeamish yeah. bits. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, which me and Ted love. Like we're there, like, mm. yeah, like this is great. Like, look how deep that cut is and things like this. Um, she has to leave the room. So her question was, do you uh is there anything that has ever made you squeamish or have to leave the room? So we put the we put the squeamish bits in for this really important reason that overcome you can learn by watching out to overcome your squeamishness and overcoming squeamishness is really useful if you want to for example become a doctor or a nurse if you want to travel around the world and eat weird food if you but also like if your kid gets injured if you, you know if you get injured you'll be more chill i mean being a parent chill, is, scrapes his knee, you know those yeah. kind of things and being a parent is a very disgusting activity a lot of the time so there is a there's a real motivation for putting that stuff in and it in, and it's fun because you because it tickles those bits of your brain that um, give you that sort of survival response and that sense of having got through something. So, um, so don't dodge the question, Chris. Come on, what are you squeamish about? So uh, there are bits <laughs> of watching Operation Out, and I, when we record the voiceover, because we're not in the hospital for those stories. There are bits where we're like, oh, we turn away. The it's the little injuries. It's like the um, the staple through the, the finger. Staple through the finger in the new series. The, the tooth has trod on a toothpick and it's gone straight into his heel. Into his Heel, degrees, like straight into his heel. Yeah, and that stuff, like, even the sort of the paper cut type stuff, that makes you wince more than someone who's, who's you yeah. know, you can see the skull through the cut. I think the what, what else, Chris? I mean, there are there is stuff where I think often often the, the, the times you're really grossed out are when there's an added layer of, of stress or emotion too, and so quite often that you know what's nice about Operation Ouch is you, you know in the A&E stories. You know, everyone gets fixed and they go home. And so the, the stakes are quite low, so you can sort of enjoy it all. Um, sometimes in the hospital when things are more of a gore fest, but the gore fest bit isn't fun because you don't know there's going to be a happy ending yet, then then it gets a little more a little more squeamish, would you say? Yeah, I think there's a, there's a lot of stuff that we film that we don't put in. So we spend a lot of time on ambulances with a helicopter ambulance where yeah. we see extraordinary medicine and it is a bit too grown up for... Um, a kid's show there's there's sort of permanent injury and that for us is very revealing you know it, it's a hospital doc i still work at, at a hospital in london but when we were training as junior doctors you see a certain amount of pathology but until you're out with an ambulance service you you don't see things yeah you know in, in the raw yeah that makes sense have you um obviously both parents do you have uh have you had like some big injuries in your household that you've had to deal with Oh yeah, uh, I think the last thing, my son's first stitches, he he got when he was out with his mum, and I was so relieved that that happened. And she was she was she was very <laughs> upset. You, she was worried that he was not on you. I love I love it when when my kids get injured and it's, it's with not Dinah, fault. not me. It makes me so happy. I mean, well, I mean they've yeah. never been seriously injured, but it's it's like oh, I'd so much rather it happened with her than it didn't happen at all. Yeah, I think the last gross thing that that I got with the kids a couple of years ago, I was looking after my son and, and his um, his half brother, his little brother, and um, his little brother woke up, came and got me, and then vomited on me 
<laughs> and so we were staying somewhere else. And I said, all right, let's come on. There was vomit everywhere. And so I said, all right, let, let's go. So I put him in the car. I got, got my son out of bed and we got in the car. And then the car smelled so strongly of vomit that my son vomited. And then I was driving along with like these two vomiting children and I started to feel a bit queasy. Like eventually <laughs> it'll get you. Eventually it'll get you. I remember, um, you know, you're a dad when your your child sits next to you on the sofa and they say, I think I'm going to be sick. And yeah. as they're being sick, you do everything to make it land yeah. on you rather than the yeah. sofa. Mm, exactly. mm. We have a sacrificial sofa policy, though. The sofa is now so covered in vomit and, and human excrement and, and the cat pees on it that we, we've sort of got around that. We I was in a I was in a, a very like a Japanese restaurant in Vancouver with my son, because my son lives in Canada. And we gone out, we kind of never had Japanese food before, and I was quite excited for him to try it. And we were standing there waiting for our table in this pristine restaurant. And he suddenly went like really grey. And I remember that he'd had a Big Mac at lunch. And he I knew he was going to puke. And um he filled my coat pocket with Big Mac. And it was quite, I thought Oh, that, but exactly that feeling you're saying is like, oh, this is what being a parent is actually. This is the main, yeah. this is part of the deal. Comes with the territory. I still use the coat. <laughs> You've washed it though, right? <laughs> yeah, 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 sure. It's sticky, Whatever. but it's fine. Um, okay, last question. <laughs> so me and my wife, coming back to her again, I don't know why this is, she's so relevant, but me and my wife, we work together. We live together. We raise the kids together. We drive each other insane. You know, a holiday for us is separate. Like that would be a break. Um, what's it like working yes. with your brother? Oh, oh, very bad. I thought you were going to ask us something easy. <clears throat> we've spent, we've spent, I mean, we, you know, we love each other. <laughs> we love each other very dear. And we, we speak every day as friends. We have an argument, probably, we stopped doing it so often now. We have a serious argument every three days, I would say. And uh, we've spent thousands of pounds on therapists and the therapists always say the same thing which is like why don't you stop working why don't you together? stop working together why don't you just see less of each other it's like going for marriage counseling they go it's, it's <laughs> why don't you get a divorce and we're like well, we can't get a divorce well, we because... obviously if we want to not work together we won't come and see a therapist we just stop speaking to each other right but the... so, and you're sitting there going no we love each other we have we speak all the time we speak all the time Chris will phone me on straight to work we have a nice chat it's really fun but doing the work Oh, it's miserable. It's very hard because none of it, neither of us is in charge. So when there's a creative difference, you don't have any power to resolve it. You know, normally there's yeah. someone leading it or, and so we'll just fight for hours and hours over tiny, tiny pointless things as we are doing at the moment with rehearsals and, and scripts. But the, the main rule that we have evolved, which I now also, my wife is very good at, is when things get heated, the second things, the temperature rises, we just leave the room for five minutes. Yeah, that's, that's bad. not bad. If you can walk away, if you can walk away and just calm down. And that helps a bit. That, and that's what thousands of pounds of therapy got us is a rule to just walk, walk out the away. Room. <laughs> we were doing all yeah, right. And then we tried minutes. to do some writing on a train the other day and it just all fell out of bed. It was like, because you can't walk away on a train, you're just on a train. And also yeah. you can't, you've got to sort of, to, you feel like everyone's watching you, which makes you more annoyed. Anyway, so okay, well, I mean, a, not, God, you, that was a revealing question. Well, what's really lovely is that you guys really seem like you are really good friends, and um, and you work together, and what you've produced, you should be really proud of. Like you know, coming from a fan and uh, 
consumer for whatever better description it's really good the kids love it the adults love it we're really excited well that is it, we don't try and we should also say like we are surrounded by a, a fairly small but brilliant team yeah. of people many of whom have been working with us for seven eight nine ten yeah. i mean actually is 10 years old so um a few of them have been there since the beginning so but that, mean, that means a lot for you to say that because yeah. I think sometimes we go well <laughs> when you're in a oh, bad day, but it's just working it's just families isn't it it's just families but you can always patch it up we do, we do always patch it up yeah, we usually absolutely. don't go to Ben Cross that's the rule thank you so much for your time it was, it was I really enjoyed that such a pleasure really that was a real treat you. thanks thanks very much for those the lovely lovely questions <laughs> yeah sorry about the last one <laughs> insightful and cool. probing can i just say i was the one that that edited that chat so when you chatted to 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 the guys and i absolutely loved listening to it It, i think it's what i think it's one of your finest pieces of work al i really really (laughs) (laughs) i really really in an unpatronizing kind of way i i gen i really enjoyed it and can i just say before um, I did the, you know, I, I edited the interview. I never watched the show. Um, I, I did not even know of of the guys. So I watched a load of YouTube stuff. And because it kind of, when you were chatting about it, it fascinated me because in the interview, you started talking about, hey, now, how gory can operation, can it get, you know? And, uh, and, and I checked them out. Then I said, I saw them on TV this morning on the BBC Good Morning Show. And I'm, I'm kind of obsessed now. What, what a mm. great bunch of guys. And they seem really real. You can tell that they're brothers that sometimes don't get on. Yeah. It's fantastic. You, I mean, you've got to get Noah into it. And yeah. it's also one of those programs that your kids are going to love, but also you genuinely don't mind watching. And that's mm. what we you know. We said it. There's always something that even adults can learn from watching it. Um, you know, even from an anxiety point of view, like knowing what to expect if your kid does have to go to hospital, those kinds of things are really valuable from the show. Um, and what I also liked, and he didn't give too much away, but I also liked that he dropped in about the magic in the stage show so at the time of recording this we haven't been to the show yet um but we're hoping to and it's it's i'm really looking forward to it because it sounds like i was like how are they going to bring that onto the stage sounds like they're going to do a really good job of it Mm. so we'll see um but i also that you know we've interviewed a lot of people and without wanting to be disrespectful some are better you know nicer interviews than others Um, those guys, it genuinely just felt like we were in the pub having a beer. And that, those are the best interviews. That's the best sort of exactly. chat. They were, they were fantastic. Yeah. Really good job. Loved it. Absolutely loved it. Yeah. Um, yeah. And we've got another guest next week. Is that right? We do. Yes. Yeah. So, uh, shall I share now? Yeah, sure. 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 Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So next week we're going to be talking to Axel Scheffler, who is the illustrator from all of the Julia Donaldson books, the Gruffalo and Zig and Zog and the smartest giant in town and everything else. Brilliant books. Um, it's a really interesting interview, actually. Is it's it? not. It's probably not as fun as this one we've just done, but it's really interesting. You mean you actually awesome. get to learn something from this podcast that never usually happens? <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, yeah. Wow. Yeah, there's some real interesting things actually that okay. come. So amazing. Stay uh, thank you for listening. We will be back next week. Next week, Wednesday is when uh, it's available. In the meantime, uh, dadsnet.com. If you want to check out anything, if you want to, maybe you want to talk to someone about something. Maybe leading up to Christmas, it's not all joy and happiness. Maybe there is a bit of sadness. Look, Dadsnet is there for you. There are like-minded dads that are in the forums that can help you out. So um, uh, check it out. And uh, yeah, thank you for listening. Thank you very much. Goodbye.